Hello, welcome into your favorite football podcast. I'm James. Alongside me, as always, is Raceland, and we have a whole bunch of things to dive into, but today is mainly focused on the predictions for the week. Um, a little bit later than usual, Raceland, though, it's a Thursday afternoon as we're recording, so we're mere hours away from kickoff of Thursday night football between the Buccaneers and the Ravens. So before we get into the predictions, I mean, let's talk about that matchup alone. We'll talk about it more in depth as we get along, because uh, we're obviously picking that game. But finally, a good Thursday night game to look forward to this week. Uh, no, it's not. I don't think it is. I mean, the Ravens have been up and down, but they're starting to get better. Uh, and the Buccaneers are starting to get worse. I mean, I agree with that. But what I'm talking about is we're at least going to have, I mean, outside of it's the... Not the... It's not the Bears, the Broncos, no. No, it's but... not the Bears, Broncos, or the Andy Dalton-led Saints against the Cardinals. Like, we're actually having two of the elite quarterbacks of the league, Tom Brady, Lamar Jackson, going head-to-head. Um, but like you said, it's the first time since God knows how long ago that Tom Brady's you know under 500 at this point in the season. So that's a storyline in itself because I don't think the, the Ravens are a slouch. And But can they keep the lead? That's the question. Yeah, because obviously as we've seen here recently, uh, outside of last week against the Browns, and which still possibly could have happened, they can't seem to keep a fourth-quarter lead. Nope. And, and they almost lost to the Browns um, this past Sunday. However, because of a controversial false start call against Cleveland, it moved them out of field goal range. So they didn't have that chance to then try and take the lead or, or tie it, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be an interesting matchup because, I mean, if the Buccaneers keep their losing ways, they're, well, first of all, they're lucky they're in the division they are. The NFC South stinks. Um, you could probably have oh, a, yeah. you could have an under five hundred record to win that division. And well, and I, I was listening to uh, Common Man and Company uh, or Common Man and T Bone, uh, a uh, uh, sports show on uh, ninety seven on the Fan ESPN in Columbus, uh, and they were talking about just that. Like the Buccaneers are not looking like a great team right now, but fortunately enough for them, they have one of they play in one of the worst divisions. I mean. We used to make fun of the NFC East and call them the NFC Least. Can't really call them that anymore. Now it's the NFC South is just you know bad. <laughs> they're bad, and 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 they're going to get worse because of the fact that the Panthers are having a fire sale. They got rid of Christian McCaffrey this week. The they got Buccaneers. Rid of Anderson a few weeks ago. They got rid of Robbie Anderson. Uh, Tom Brady's probably not going to come back next year. I'm Honestly, not. I wouldn't be surprised if he if 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 they keep losing and playing like they have been. I could see him leaving in the middle of the season. I could see it happening, honestly. Or, I mean, look, I mean, this might be outrageous to say, but if you're under 500 and you might not be in the playoff race, do you bench him to see what you have for the future? I mean, because right now you're you're banking on him, but with everything no. going off the field with him and the family situation, the reports are coming out that you know, I'm not going to dive into that because I'm you know that I don't want to talk about man's personal life on here if we don't have to. But there's reports out there that's not looking good at home. Do you I mean if he he probably won't come back? And if he's not coming back, then you're not a good football team. You're not going to make a Super Bowl run. Do you see what you really have? I mean, obviously their backups playing Gabbert, but so based on what you and Pat have talked about in the past, is the reason they haven't drafted a quarterback yet is just because they they want to try and test their luck with Kyle Trask. I've told you from the beginning, Kyle Trask is not good. I think what they need to do is they need to, excuse me, they need to have their GM have a sit down with the head coach and Tom Brady and be like, look, we have an interim head coach. He, it's Right now it's Todd Bowles. He may or may not become the, the full-time head coach next season. Um, and they need to have that same thing with Tom Brady. Like, look, we know you're not going to play after this season. If you want to walk, we'll pay you the money. We'll still pay you, but if you want to walk, you can. And I think that they would that Brady might be okay with that, especially if this conversation happens down the road in three or four weeks and they only win maybe one game. However, now you look at the other side of, again, yeah, we play in this terrible division. We still have a chance to make the playoffs. And Tom Brady has been phenomenal in the playoffs. Now, with this team, I don't know because he hasn't been on a team really this bad in a while. And a team, those types of teams are when he's not playing, when he's hurt. So I don't know what the right answer here is. I don't think there is one. I, you could find positives and negatives in both. 
but it's definitely going to be an interesting story to keep an eye on here within the next three to four weeks. The, the, the kicker is, I mean, they're only three and four. We're talking like the sky's falling down, but right. the way they play, they're, they're not a good team. But they have the Ravens tonight, which they could lose. They have the Rams next week, could lose. And then they have Seattle, could lose. Yeah. If you lose three in a row and you're three and seven, we're talking about a whole different ball game. Well, this wouldn't wouldn't this be would that then be four in a row because didn't they just lose to Carolina Sunday? They did, so that'd be four in a row. Exactly. Then you're sitting at three seven. Then you got the Browns, which they'll beat the Browns. Maybe. But then you got the Saints, the 49ers, the Bengals, the Cardinals, Panthers again. Oh my God! I'm actually excited that we play Tom Brady this year. I mean, we might actually beat them. Think about I it. Doubt I mean, it, but we'll see. There's a lot of games on that schedule, which which the way the league has been this year, the the I know it's the. You know, the parity has been amazing this year. But the Jets are good. The Giants are good. Two is looking good. Um, I I mean, obviously we knew it was coming, but the Steelers aren't looking really any good. Um, just found out before we started recording that Jamar Chase is out looking to be out four to six weeks and could go on the IR for a, a hip injury. So who knows what's hap- going to happen with the Bengals now. The Bengals were projected to be one of the best teams in the league right now. They started off slow, but they're slowly getting better now. Um, so who knows what's going to happen with them? I mean, by the end of the season, Cleveland could end up being number two in that division, especially if Jamar Chase going down. Uh, is anything like what Ohio State was like without Jackson Smith and Jigba for the first three, four weeks? Yeah, I mean, and, and don't look now, Raceland, but the NFC South, I'm looking at the standings now. Tampa Bay currently leads at the three and four, but they're tied with Atlanta. Yep. And by the way, the Panthers, who everyone thinks is so terrible, and they are terrible. They yeah. got rid of they got rid of their best player, who but they just went and beat Tampa Bay twenty one to three. Yeah, with uh, a third only quarterback. they're only two games back with a third string quarterback. Honestly, Actually, they're only a game back. I, I talked to my buddy Chris. He's a he's a Panthers fan. He he also uh, co hosts Not Jerry Sports Fans podcast. Uh, if you've listened to Collab, you'll know who he is. Uh, he's a, so he's a Panthers fan, and. I asked him earlier this week, "Is like, do you think they rolled P.J. Walker for the rest of the season? He says, yes. He says, because Baker's probably not going to stay. Baker's going to want to go somewhere else where he can be a solid starter, at least for them. Um, Baker's starting days are done. No, I'm not going to say that. They're done. Because if he can go to Tampa Bay, and if Tampa Bay still wants him, then they're going to try and make something work. He's going to go somewhere where he can, where he thinks he could still end up becoming a starter. Now, again, Tampa Bay next season very well could be that if they don't go out and you know make a trade and try and draft a quarterback. Anything could happen in the league. Honestly, if Tom Brady still wants to go to Miami, if Miami still wants Tom Brady, if I'm Tampa Bay, I'm on the phone now trying to call and make a trade to get Tom Brady out of there to A, you never want to do it in any major sports, but it happens. Start tanking. If you're Tampa Bay, you want to start tanking so you have the best opportunity you can to get one of these high-profile high college quarterbacks, whether it's C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young. Hell, you could even roll with Tyler Van Dyke, even though he struggled the past couple weeks. But who knows? Maybe not all not all bad or decent college quarterbacks turn out to be bad in the NFL. Some of them go on to be great. Like look at Tom Brady. Tom Brady at Michigan was was rotating snaps at Michigan. And look at him now, a sixth-round pick, not 199. And look at him now. We could, he's considered one of the greatest players of all time. Well, I think the problem with that is is I, I they're still in the division race. It's not like they're last and, place. And, right. Well, And, and, and they and, have the roster around Brady to, if, if they get things straightened up, to make a run in the playoffs. They do. And, and My thing is, is if they start, if they lose the next three or four, and then they find themselves in position, look, we're three and seven. We already have, and in that case, is you would lose to, you know, teams that are better than you. Yeah. I think the Rams are still better. They're struggling, but they're still better. Right, right. At that point, you have to figure out figure out the future. Yes. I, I mean, for for perfect example, look what the Colts are going through. Yeah. You know why they're going through that? Because they didn't think about the future. No. Look at the Steelers. Oh, and did you uh, did, did you hear that apparently there is a trade market available for Matt Ryan? Well, yeah, there's going to be because I, if you look at teams how, around though? the league, how, because though? it's not Matt Ryan's fault that they're doing that he is what he is. I totally agree. And again, I pointed this out a few weeks ago. I pointed out that I don't think it was Philip Rivers' fault. I don't think it was Carson Wentz's fault. I don't think it's Matt Ryan's fault. I think it's Frank Reich. 
I think it's Frank Reich's fault that this team isn't as good as what they once were. I mean, you go from a a, a pretty good head coach, and um, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Chuck Pagano. Yes, yeah. You go from a great head coach in Chuck Pagano. You had the interim there at Bruce Arians when he went out uh, with his cancer diagnosis, and now you're at Frank Reich. Frank Reich is not a good head coach. The problem is, Raceland, is you, you bring it up Matt Ryan as a trade potential. Who trades for him? I don't think anybody, honestly. I mean, but the, the thing, if you look through the league, guys have the quarterback that's that, that they they at least want for now. I mean, I'm looking at it. Pitt's not going to trade for him because they got Pittsburgh's Kenny Pitt. Pittsburgh's not. Nope. New England's got their debacle, but they're not going to trade for him. Nope. Houston, I think they're fine with trying to. They're if, fine with Davis Mills for now until they get a high-caliber high draft pick. Yes. You look at the AFC West; they they're not trading for him because they just traded for Denver. I mean, Denver's the team I'm looking at. They're not the other, trading. You look at the other three teams: Patrick Holmes ain't late. No, hell no. Herbert, you Herbert, still, hell no. Uh, and even Derek Carr, no. So it's this is not the year to trade a quarterback at the trade deadline. The only but the, you have to figure out the future. You have to have a plan B because that's the problem with the Colts. They never had a plan B when when no. when Andrew Luck went out, which. It, Hard to fault them because it happened out of the blue. Yeah. But they never had a plan B. Their plan B was, okay, let's get Philip Rivers. Okay, you did have a plan B after Philip Rivers. You knew he was on a one-year deal. Right. All right? Then you go get Carson Wentz. Did not pan out. That was risky business when you traded for him. Yeah. Now you went and got Matt Ryan. Older guy. Come out to bite you in the butt. You have to have a plan B. Look at the Steelers. They waited so long to figure out the plan B. No offense to Kenny Pickett, he's young. I'm not judging him off his five games. But right. now look at you. But every and here's the thing we're all forgetting, right? We tend to look at those teams like the Pittsburghs and New Englands and the teams that have been a a powerful a powerful force in the league for decades. One thing you cannot avoid in the NFL, eventually you're gonna rebuild. Yeah. It's inevitable. It's the way the league is. And unfortunately for Pittsburgh fans. For Colts fans, for Pat- and Patriots fans, it's coming. Because yep. I'm, I'm, this is a bold take, take, you know. But if this quarterback debacle downward spirals as quick as it seems it might be, mm-hmm. Bill Belichick might be out this year. Not, I'm not going to say they're going to fire Belichick. I think it would be he leaves on his own stand. I think, it's the, I think it's a conversation because he's 70 years old. Exactly. I mean, he's 70 years old. I'm not – look. I'm not taking away what he's accomplished in his. I mean, a six Super Bowls. Right. But at some point, you got to look at the future. Yeah. You can't look at the past and say, "Well, we're going to keep around because of this." Right. No. No. You got to look at the future. He's 70 years old, and and he doesn't have a quarterback. No. And if Mac Jones fails, and it doesn't work out in New England, he ha- and he's shopped out, or they don't know what's going to go on. Yeah. Bill has to follow. Yeah. And. Look, I mean, it's. It, I'm not saying it was all Tom Brady, but since he's left last year, nine and seven playoff berth. Cam Newton before that, seven and nine. It's not looking good. There, there is an old saying. If you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. Because, and, and as an Ohio State fan, I know this personally because they went through that. Uh, what, probably seven years ago when when we ran JT Barrett. And Cardell Jones, right after Car- right, this was after Cardell Jones came in uh, in replacement for JT Barrett and won the national championship back in 2014. So the next season, Urban Meyer doesn't say who's going to play QB until the first game. He then started to rotate them in series. You can't do that. Because yep. then you can't, you don't give your quarterbacks enough time to find a rhythm in order to then, in the next week or two, then to say, this is our guy. Yeah, but it, it's a little bit more excusable at the college level sure, because sure. you don't have three preseason games. You don't have the training camps. Right. I mean, at this point, you should well, know what you got. And, and it's Matt Jones, a second-year quarterback, right. and you're benching him? Right. That is not a – look. The quarterback that went to the Pro Bowl last year and with no weapons took you to the playoffs, even at 9-7, took you to the playoffs? I'm sorry, but if Mac Jones is benched and they go with Bailey Zappi, Bill Belichick needs to be gone. If you're a Patriots fan, 
Thank you for the six Super Bowls. We're going to build a statue of you and Tom Brady. Yeah. But you're gone. Yeah. I mean, because at some point, you have to admit, you're telling me a guy that took you to the Pro Bowl last year, what went to the Pro Bowl, went to the playoffs, that guy looked phenomenal, looked like the best quarterback in the draft class with Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence and et cetera. Yeah. And all of a sudden now he's terrible? Yeah. I'm sorry. They, but that there's some I mean, yeah. Bill did say Bill Bill did say in his press conference, uh, either I believe yesterday or today, that excuse me, Mac Jones is is ready to go for, for this week's game. Was he not ready to go last week? He pulled him after he threw what, two or three interceptions. It was one interception in the second quarter. Yeah, then I couldn't tell you. And he comes out on the press conference. Well, we knew all along that they were going to switch quarterbacks. The plan all oh, along was to go okay, with yeah, put that, Bailey Zappi in, right, but right. nobody because else in the locker room had an idea. Hello, that doesn't scream right to me. That no, there's some no. fishy in there. They they did come out and say that Mac Jones, because of that ankle injury, he was going to be on a snap count. They didn't want to force risking the injury further. Which you I'm don't okay with. snap count a quarterback. If he's not good to go, you sit him and let him have the extra rate. I agree. That's silly. I oh, agree. he has an ankle. This isn't a, his own snap count. How are you going to snap count a quarterback? It's not a receiver who you're five deep. Your quarterback is literally two or three deep on game day. Yeah. I mean, come on. That don't make any sense if that's what he said. That makes no sense. That'd be I, like saying, well, Trevor Lawrence, he has a hurt ankle and we need to snap count him. What does that even mean as a quarterback? If he's hurt and he can't, and he had to put him on snap count as quarterback, you don't play him because exactly. it all revolves around him. Exactly. There's nobody else. Exactly. Now, I think it was also pre-planned to that if he didn't do well, that and because I I think his snap count would have been based on how he was playing. If he was playing, you know, to Mac Jones level, then fine, he's going to stay in. But I think because he wasn't playing to that Mac Jones level from last season. They Bill said after halftime, hey, or in the second quarter, said, hey, you know, Bailey Zappi's been doing well for us. We're going to put him in. So my question is, when Bailey Zappi, you know, did not play well in that game, they didn't go back to Mac, but Bailey can go out there and throw two or three interceptions. Well, they stayed with they they stayed with Zappi because he came out after they benched Mac and back to back drives through touchdowns. But now, what happened after that? That was the only two scores. They got beat 33-14. to 14. That, that I can't tell you. That I can't tell you. However, I do know that even though ESPN has come out and said it's not true, if you look at the video, it's, it, it looks like it happened. Um, the Mac Jones interception, if you go back and watch the video, it looks like it hits the Skycam wire, and that's what caused the interception. Now, if that's true, it should have been called a dead ball. Well, even if it is true... Okay, let's say it is true. Then it's your fault, Bill. It's your fault. How, why, why is it Bill's fault? Because if they, if people in the press box, they have replays. They can see the footage. Okay, Bill, hey, man, that touched the wire. Throw the flag because you can challenge it. If you can challenge that play, yeah. and if you challenge it and they say, hey, well, they hit the wire, then it's overturned. Play's done. Yeah, that, that I, I, so I didn't then, watch the game, so I don't. Well, I'm telling you, if it, I, I couldn't tell in real time on in, TV in if it hit the time, wire. In, but you have the film. Right. In high school, at the high school level, we have an iPad, and now, we can make slow-mo replays of every single play. They have far and beyond advanced technology at the NFL level. You're telling me they could they have an all-22 angle. Yeah. Come on. You can't tell me from that. I mean, Again, that I don't know. Again, we don't know. We don't know because we haven't physically seen it. But if I have the capability of high school to say, hey, I have a, a capability of slow-mo a, a play. Right. you telling me they don't have the capability? That's where I'm coming from. No, I'm I, I mean, it's – but at the end of the day, there's a mess in New England. But yeah. we kind of went sidetracked. But yeah, I, we need I, to get back to what we were doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, we'll, I mean, again, that's a different conversation for a different day. But let's get to what we're really here for, and that's prediction side of things. Um, the first game on the docket is – a great matchup in the Big Ten. Ohio State going to Happy Valley at Penn State. Penn State only has one loss in the year. They had the only loss to Michigan, which was a blowout loss, 41-17. Um, but got back on the right track against Minnesota. Ohio State, a 15.5 point favorite. Pat finally decided to put his picks in, after even after two days of, uh, of time to think. He's taking Ohio State. I'm going the same thing. Look, I... Penn State, everyone's hooping and hollering. They were top 10 at one point. 
they're not a top 10 team. They The only reason they got highly regarded is because they went to Auburn and beat Auburn pretty bad. But Auburn's not the same team as they have been. I mean, really, they haven't been the same team for a while now. And, well, main, and So they're ranked 13th. They fell three spots after losing to Michigan. Well, but they're not a top 13 team. They haven't beaten anybody outside of Auburn, who's not a good team. They haven't beat anybody. And they, the only time they played anybody worth a caliber that you can say this is a top 10 team legitimately in Michigan, the, they got the brakes beat off of them. Yeah, they really haven't played anybody. You look at their past games. Um, they beat Minnesota. Uh, the loss to Michigan, beat Northwestern, Central Michigan, Auburn, Ohio, and then Purdue. So nobody. I mean, they haven't, they haven't beaten anybody. No. So give me Ohio State. I think it's going to look a lot like that uh, Wisconsin game. The yeah. offense is going to get rolling. And look, Manny Diaz is a very aggressive defensive coordinator, which is going to work in the Ohio State's favor. It might take him a couple of drives to figure it out. But I think they're going to be able to – the talent alone is just going to be enough to blow them out. Right, so I'm right. taking Ohio State. Uh, if this was a whiteout, I would probably err towards the side of Penn State, but it's a noon game. Now, it's still at Happy Valley, which is a, a rough place to play in. But, again, like you said, Penn State hasn't played anybody really. And they got blown out by the only good team they've played. Uh, and I think Ohio State, again, does just that. I think they blow up Penn State this week. The next game on the docket, we got number one, Georgia, taking on Florida in the Georgia-Florida game, um, which is in Jacksonville, the largest cocktail party, which they're not allowed to call it that anymore, but it is what it is. That's exactly what it is. Um, Georgia, 22.5-point favorite, the largest spread in this game since 1995, where it was 19 points. Georgia beat the brakes off them last year. I got the score right here, 34-7. Look. Florida's defense stinks, yep. and their offense is very inconsistent. Yep. So I'm going to take Georgia. Yeah, I am too. I mean, Georgia just looks – they look pretty good this year outside of one, maybe two games where they struggled a little bit. But, again, those were games that didn't really matter. They knew they were going to win anyways. Um, yeah, Georgia is just – they're not the same Georgia team, in my opinion, from last season because they lost so many weapons, especially on defense. But they're still a great team. I mean, coming into the season, a lot there there were a lot of skeptics on what Stetson Bennett could do uh, and how good he could be. I wasn't one of them. I know you were. Um, but again, however, again, he's just playing at that high caliber level that he was playing at last season when he won the national championship. The national championship for them. Good look. I cannot talk tonight. Well, it it's kind of reminds me of me, and I don't think he's this type of player, but a guy that's not going to be a great pro quarterback, but a guy that's a really good college quarterback. I look at a Ken Dorsey type. Yes. I mean, able to ball out, took his team. I mean, Ken Dorsey went to back-to-back national championship games. Stetson Bennett is kind of on that path. I don't think he's as the caliber quarterback. Don't get me wrong. But he's getting the job done. Now it's going to be interesting to see next weekend when you have that Tennessee game. Yeah. I mean, which is a home game for Georgia. But yes. um, I think it's hard to pick against Georgia right now yeah, in this game. Yeah, give me Georgia in that one. All right, next up we have number nine, Oklahoma State, going on the road to play number 22, Kansas State. Kansas State is favored one. Pat is taking Oklahoma State. We talked about this. We can't we can't do even points anymore. Yeah, I mean, but... we No, well, no, we can't do even points, so we don't have no contesting. Yeah, but, I mean, we'll go with it because I don't think it's going to be a one-point game. Um, look, I think Oklahoma State's going to go in there. I think they're going to win by a couple touchdowns. Look, Kansas State's probably the one-point favorite because of that being at home. Yes. But Oklahoma State, they have one loss already in that overtime TCU. So they really got to get the train rolling. They can't afford another loss um, to be in that Big 12 championship game, especially since TCU is still undefeated. So I think Mike Gundy's going to get his team ready to go. They're going to go in there. They're going to take care of business. I think it could be a 10-point game. So I'm not really worried about it. Uh, Mike Gundy, he's a man. He's over 40 now. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I just, Kansas State, they they look good early in the season. They started to falter here recently. Uh, and like you said, Oklahoma State's one and only loss was an overtime loss to TCU, who, again, they're probably going to end up playing again in the Big 12 championship. So give me Oklahoma State. Next up, we have number 10, Wake Forest at Louisville. Wake Forest is a four-point favorite. Pat is taking Wake Forest. I see you are not. I'm not. I'm taking Louisville. Look, it's a, it's not a primetime game at Louisville, so it's not as difficult to play. 
but they do play teams tough. And Wake Forest always seems to play some team tough that they're not really supposed to. Look, I get it. Wake Forest should win this game comfortably. But, again, Louisville at home, I feel like they're going to come out and battle. And I don't I don't think they win the game. I don't think Louisville wins the game. But I think it could be a field goal. So, I think I'm going to go with Louisville here. Um, I don't know much about Louisville. Uh, what I do know from what I actually have seen, though, um, just from them playing on Thursday or Friday nights this year, uh, they haven't looked good outside of their quarterback. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But outside of him, I mean, they haven't looked good. And even then, he has his his games where he underwhelms for what he could be. I, I can't go against Blake Forrest, though. I, they're, they're ranked 10th. Even though they're on the road, I just can't go against them here. Next up, we got Missouri taking the road trip to South Carolina. South Carolina is still in the top 25, sitting at 25. South Carolina, four-point favorite. Um, Pat is going South Carolina. I'm also going South Carolina as well. Yeah, Missouri is not a good team. They did play Georgia close. They did. They did. But again, that's that's one of those games that I referenced earlier is and in the Kent State game as well, where they they could have lost that game. But they know they're gonna win these games fairly easily, so they don't have to, you know, really go out and exude a lot of pressure and issue. So Next up, an interesting matchup in the SEC. Number 19, Kentucky, going to Tennessee, who's ranked number three in the country. Tennessee, a 12.5-point favorite. Pat is taking Tennessee. I'm going to pick Tennessee as well. I think it's going to be a game where I, I get that Tennessee's defense is not great. However, I think the firepower that Tennessee has to put points on the scoreboard, Kentucky's just not going to be able to keep up. So this is actually a pretty big rivalry game. Um with it being at Tennessee, I mean, yeah, it's 12 and a half points, which if it were at Kentucky, I would err on the side of caution and take Kentucky. But because it's at Tennessee, I'm going to go with Tennessee. Next up, we have Michigan State at Michigan, a battle of little brother at big brother. Michigan is favored 22 and a half. Um, Pat is taking, Pat's taking Michigan State. Now, the interesting thing here with this game is Jim Harbaugh has not, outside of the Ohio State game last year, has not beaten a rival team at all. Michigan State has been, they're 2-0 and against Michigan for the last two years. They have not lost to Jim Harbaugh at all. Um, however, it's a different story. Michigan seems to be much better this year, especially offensively, uh, than in previous years. Michigan State's offense is not great. They're not even really good. They're just decent at best. Peyton Thorne, Peyton Thorne's probably, in my opinion, maybe the third or fourth best quarterback in, in the Big Ten behind Stroud and J.J. McCarthy. Uh, and then there's an argument there for um, uh, Tanner Morgan. But... This one's difficult for me because do I go with the side of caution and take Michigan State to at least cover, maybe not win, but to cover? Or do I go with Michigan to win outright? I'm going to err on the side of caution. I'm going to take Michigan State to at least cover because the 22 and a half scares me. Well, Michigan beat the brakes out of Penn State, and that yeah. was more than 22. Well, and again... I mean, you you look at what you said earlier. You, you said that you know, Penn State really hasn't beaten anybody, so maybe they're not as good as we think. Yeah, but we know Michigan State's not good. Right, no, exactly. But, again, however, it's a big rivalry game. They're, they're, it, it, it's an in-state rivalry that you could see. Now, it's going to be a lot of Michigan fans, but you're still going to see a good mix of Michigan State fans. It's not like they're having to travel – from Michigan State to New Jersey to play Rutgers. No, they're just traveling 10 miles down the road from East Lansing to Ann Arbor. And again, the fact that Harbaugh has only ever beaten one team, and that was Ohio State last year, in a rivalry game, I can't, again, with the 22.5-point spread, 
I can't put that much faith in Michigan to go in and and just manhandle Michigan State. I think Michigan's going to go in there and boat race them. Okay. This is a team that – it's a better team than we were last year, I believe. Yes. Now – Again, offensively, because defensively you lost to Jabo and uh, Hutchinson. Yeah, but in, in the college game, you had to have a defense – but it's not as emphasized as the NFL team. If you can score points, you're going to win a lot of football games. Yeah. And J.J. McCarthy brings another element to that offense that they haven't been accustomed to having. Yeah. They, they say lost to Son Haskins, but they still have a pretty good running game. Uh, uh, McCor or uh, yeah, Corum, Blake Corum is, is one of the top backs in the nation right now. And Michigan State stinks. Yes. I think people look at last year's game when Michigan State boat raced Michigan as a, probably as air of caution. But let's keep in mind, they had Kenneth Walker. They had two great running backs. It was at Michigan State. Weather was cold. They and it, 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 everything aligned perfectly for that game for Michigan State. They were ranked in the top ten after that, top five, and then they fell down. They fell off and they couldn't regain their footing. And I think Michigan, Ohio State, took their soul in that game. Absolutely, they did. So and they haven't been the same since that game. Just look at the games before and after that. So. And if you don't believe me, if that can happen, look no further than my team, the Miami Hurricanes. After 0-2, they got their soul taken, and look what has been since then. 19 calm, years, and it's been irrelevancy. So calm, calm down, Undertaker. You're not taking souls and digging <laughs> holes here. Well, um, Michigan's going to take their soul, and they're going to dig them a hole because they're done for. It, Michigan's going to win this game. They're going to win by 30. And look. What time is this game? I can't find it. It don't matter what time. It could be well, 9 okay, o'clock in the morning. It's 7.30 on ABC. Oh, it's I, a, a night game at the big house. Well, blowout, thirty points, yeah. beaten. Well, I'm because I, 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 I'm trying to look back at Michigan State's schedule so far. Um, they beat Wisconsin in double overtime last week. They got just absolutely mollywhopped by Ohio State by twenty nine. They lost to Maryland. They lost to Minnesota. They lost to Washington. They beat Akron. They beat Western Michigan. Right now they're sitting at three and four. Again, it's just that it. It's the 22 and a half that's boat race. Okay. Boat I mean, race. I, 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 look, either you're guaranteed a point or Pat and I are guaranteed a boat point. race. So, uh, is it my turn still? It is your turn. Okay. I thought it was. Uh, next up, we've got number 15, Ole Miss, uh, going on the road to take on Texas AM. Ole Miss is a two and a half point favorite. Pat is taking Ole Miss. I mean, I am too. Texas AM, they just. They're not that team that they should have been this year. Ole Miss is looking fairly decent, especially after losing um, what's-his-face quarterback from last season. Uh, God, I'm bad at remembering names today. It was a rough day at work. Um, I don't remember his name. Either way. Either way. Ole Miss. Yeah, I mean, you hit everything I was going to say. I mean, I could say. I mean, Ole Miss is a great team. Texas A&M, not a very good team as they were supposed to be. Uh, moving on. I'm yes. taking Ole Miss. Um, next up, we got North Carolina hosting Pitt. Um, North Carolina three point favorite. Give me North Carolina. North Carolina's a better team um, this year than what they seem to be. Uh, their all their one losses to Notre Dame, which again that's another decent rivalry game. But I mean, they beat Duke by three. They beat Miami by three in a game where Miami actually looked pretty good. Um, Tyler Van Dyke had almost 500 yards on his own. Exactly. Um, Georgia Tech, they they beat them 41-10. Uh, that that lost to Notre Dame 45-32. North or they yeah they beat Georgia State, Appalachian State. They beat Appalachian. Yeah, yeah, that was that that was the game that I watched uh, where App State almost beat them. Um, and then Florida AMU. I think I don't think Pitt's as good as this year as obviously they were last year. Uh, Keaton Slovis is just. He's what we thought he was at USC. He's okay. But, and again, North Carolina is just, I think they're better than what they're giving credit. I, I said I said this the other day that I think, honestly, UNC has the potential to go in to the ACC championship if they make it that far and beat Clemson. So give me UNC. And to round out the college slate of games, we got Stanford going to UCLA. UCLA, 16.5-point favorite. Pat is taking UCLA. I am too. Stanford's terrible. 
Stanford is bad. They're look, terrible. Look, I told you this yesterday at work. Um, listening to Common Man and, and T-Bone again, uh, they were saying that Stanford is giving away free tickets to their last two home games. Um, all the fans have to do is promise that they'll at least think about buying season tickets for next year. You can go in there and say, oh, yeah, I'll think about it. I, I really do. I'll think about it. And then uh, not not care because they their, their attendance is way down. Stanford is not good. Give me UCLA. All right, so that's going to do it for the college side of our pickums. Uh, starting off the NFL side, we have the game tonight. Ravens at Buccaneers. Uh, Ravens are a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Pat is taking the Ravens, so am I. I mean, we've already talked about the Buccaneers. Uh, I, I did look into why they are potentially not doing as well, because I, I haven't watched any Buccaneers games this year, really. Uh, and it makes sense for this reason. If you look at the stats, I had a feeling this, again, this was the issue, but without looking, I wasn't sure. If you look at the run game, Leonard Fournette right now is their leading rusher. Through seven games, would you like to take a gander on how many yards he has? 300. 362. Yeah. He's averaging 3.5 yards per carry. His longest run has been 51 yards. He's averaging about 52 yards a game. Their backup, Rashad White, the rookie from Arizona State, he's got 26 carries for 71 yards. Again, only twelve or uh, only a 2.7 yards per carry. Yeah, but how many rushing attempts are they getting? Leonard Fournette has 103. Through? Seven games. So that's what? That's seven games, 103 divided by... Well, that's just, I mean, that's... I'm doing it. I'm doing the math. How many per game? That's what we were trying to figure out. Yeah. If I if I could hit the buttons correctly. If, uh, 15 carries a game. So that's a lot of carries yeah. to get three yards. Yeah. I mean... And, and then you get a look on top of um, that as well. Uh, Rashad White has 26 carries through seven games. So he's getting about four carries a game. So that's, what, 19 carries? Yeah, but their line's not as good. They're not. Their line's not good. And it's not the same line that they won the Super Bowl with. And, no, it's not. And that's the, and look, at the end of the day, plus, I mean, it's just the Buccaneers are in a situation where new head coach, Todd Bowles is not Bruce Arians. There's a different coaching mentality there. Yeah. That makes a difference. And look, Tom Brady was absent most of OTAs. He was absent. Like, I don't know. It's just not a good team. It's not – I mean, it's a – they're three and four, but we're sitting here talking about the potential of them going three and seven. Yeah. So, with that being said, Ravens shot to finish, and I think they're, I think they, they're the better team. Lamar Jackson's the most explosive player. They I think the Ravens have more weapons than the Buccaneers do. Better run game than the, Ra- the Buccaneers do. So, give me the Ravens. So real quick, I wanna I wanna bring up something that I that just popped up on CBS. Um, something interesting from the college standpoint, especially here in two years, you look at USC and UCLA coming to the Big Ten. Chip Kelly said he was golfing with Ryan Day, Ohio State head coach, when he learned of the news. He said about an hour in, he said they were out on the golf course. He looked at his phone and said he had a a, a text from the AD and a missed call from both the AD and the uh, assistant athletic director saying that they were moving to the Big Ten. So coincidence there, I think it's kind of yeah, kind of weird. The head coach don't make that decision. No, I know, but it, it, it's it's just weird. Ironic that, yes. that a UCLA and a Big Ten coach were golfing together. Yeah, but anyway, uh, yeah, I mean the Ravens. I think they even though it's at Tampa Bay on Thursday, I think they'll win. They just they take care of business. I, I don't think they have a, a large enough or, or a small enough lead in the fourth quarter to, to diminish that if if any way possible. So, yeah, give me the Ravens here. Next up, we have a, another Sunday morning game, James. We have the Broncos going to the U.K. to take on the home team Jaguars. <laughs> I know you hate that. No. But you can't deny the Jaguars do play a lot better in London. They play well. They play well. They're 4-4 four four all, all time. Oh, okay. Um, Calm they're 4-4 four four all time in London. 
um, when they first w- made the trip, I mean, they were getting the brakes beat off them, like by the 49ers, the Cowboys, the Colts, Texans, whoever. But he recently been playing. Um, it, whoever it was, it was. Um, look, this is a game that the Jags should win. They're two and five. Should be better than two and five. I think Doug Peterson cost him the game last week. Should have kicked the field goal up seventeen to three in the fourth quarter. It was like eleven minutes ago. Um, so I, I I blamed last week on Doug Peterson. Um, again, at some point you, you got to win. I mean, they're on a four game losing streak now. They're better than Denver. Trevor's playing better than Russell. The defense has to figure it out though. The defense, man, they got to figure it out, or it's yeah. gonna be a long day. Yeah. Um. Russell Wilson, after doing his high knees and calisthenics in the aisle way of the plane, um, looks like he's going to be good to go. Um, so I guess Broncos is going to be, I guess, let's ride and, and I don't know, look competitive for once, competent for once. Yeah. Pat's taking the Jaguars here, and so am I. I mean, with the news earlier this week that James Robinson got traded out to the Jets, it seems like obviously the, the Jaguars have a lot of faith in the fact that ETN is going to be RB1. Um, and I mean, you and I talked about it. Michael Hasty, the now backup, is is pretty good in his own right. Well, and, and the thing is, is and um, by the way, I'm picking the Jacks in this game. Yes. Um, the problem is, is, as fans, I think we get so attached to players, especially James Robinson in this case. Right? He he was the only bright spot in that 2020 season where everything went to hell. A thousand yards. He had a thousand yards last year. Urban Meyer situation. We feel so bad for him because he was treated so poorly. Um, then he tears the ACL. Missed the rest of the year. He comes back, has a good couple runs. But, guys, at the end of the day, like, and I love James Robinson, but he wasn't coming back to Jacksonville. He's a un, he's an unrestricted free agent this year. He's not coming back. Unfortunately. And just because of everything I just said. Yeah. So, if he's not coming back and ETN looks like the guy that could be a playmaker, mm-hmm. then get compensation for him. Yeah. And there's rumors spurling now that Josh Allen might be getting trade interest. Guess what? Trade him. Because I don't think he'd be back either. I don't. I mean, he's gonna. He, you're gonna pay him the fifth year. They've already picked up the fifth year. Yeah. Then after that, you're gonna throw the bank at Josh Allen. No. I'm sorry. What has he done to earn the contract? He leads the team in quarterback pressures. Well, that ain't very hard to do. Well, and he, and he, he hasn't gotten the guy, the guy on the ground. Well, and it, you look at the same thing, it's kind of a same-case scenario when you look at really any other team. He was their best uh, pass rusher, what, last year, two years ago? Ideally, from the defensive line, edge rusher standpoint. But now you've got Trayvon Walker, you've got um, Devin Lloyd, who can come off the edge if he needs to. You've got a better pass rush now than what you have in the last three, four years. So now you you can't double-team Josh Allen all the time. Like, you can't you can't double-team Miles Garrett all the time because you have to worry about Jadavion Clowney. You can't pat. You can't double team JJ Watt, and because teams are now just finding this out in Arizona, because Zach Allen's on the other side. Zach Allen's starting to become a player that they drafted him to be in Arizona. You, you, it's hard to double team one player and not expect another player to be able to get through. Yeah, and at the end of the day, Josh Allen hasn't been the same Josh Allen ever since Clay's Campbell got traded. Yeah. So, again, I like Josh Allen. I want him in Jacksonville. Sure. But if a team's calling to give up a first. Or maybe even a second. I, I I wouldn't see a first or a second. Honestly, I'd see maybe a third, maybe a third and a fifth, or third and sixth. But look, that's draft capital. That's draft capital. And look, you just drafted Trayvon Walker to be your number one. Yeah. And look, Jaguars are going to be in cap trouble next year. Yeah. And I know they're that well. The salary cap's fake. You know, you can you know you can maneuver it, and yeah, you can. In the NFL, you can't. Well, look at the Saints. Yeah, they, in, base, but, in baseball, but, you can. <laughs> in baseball, you sure can. But I don't know. At the end of the day, I mean, yeah. the, the reality is is we're 2-5, and five, should be undefeated, <laughs> as crazy as that sounds. They've led in every game, but they got to figure it out. Um, so we'll have to wait and see on that. But let's move on back to the picks. Um, the Arizona Cardinals take on the Minnesota Vikings. A three-and-a-half-point favorite goes to the Vikings. Um, Pat's taking the Vikings. I'm going to take the Vikings as well. I refuse. Well, I, I didn't refuse this week, so you're going to have to pick. Well, no, because you're confident in your pick. I'm not. I'm not confident. <laughs> in the Jaguars pick? I'm not confident in that pick. No. 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 Uh, I mean, they should have beaten the Giants last week. They find a way to lose. They should have beat the Colts the week before. They find a way to lose. They should have beaten the Texans. They find a way to lose. They find ways to lose. That's what happens when your franchise is 41 and 100 and something since 2012. Um... 
I mean, the, the Cardinals' offense looked so much better last week. Obviously helped out by the defense with two pick sixes on back-to-back drives. But they're not playing Andy Dalton this week. They're playing Kirk Cousins. He is, he's better, but he's not much better than Andy Dalton. Um, I mean, you've got to contend with Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, a- Adam Thielen. The run game has actually started to pick up a little bit. It's not much better. Again, the secondary is starting to play a little better there in Arizona, too. The offense, again, they they, they came out strong. And, again, I think it was because D-Hop was out. Without one of the best receivers in the league, I mean, it's, it's hard to do anything. I mean, Hollywood Brown being out now, I mean, that sucks. Uh, Rondell Moore, he's, he's starting to light, put numbers up on the board, which is nice to see. This one's tough. I want to I want to go with the Cardinals, but I don't know if I can trust them this week. So give me the Vikings. Next up, we got the Las Vegas Raiders going to New Orleans. Raiders two and a half point favorite. I'm going with the Raiders here. Pat's going with the Saints, but I, I just can't trust the Saints. No, I think Andy Dalton's starting again this week. So he I'm might going with be. the Raiders as well. Next up, we have the Patriots at the Jets. For some godforsaken reason, the Patriots are one-and-a-half-point favorite. Pat's taking the Jets. I am, too, because the Patriots are not good. We discussed this earlier. We don't need to really go into it much no. deeper. Three for three. I'm picking the Jets. Next up, we have the Giants at the Seahawks. Seahawks are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Pat is taking the Giants. I am, too. Um, I mean, if this was a night game in Seattle, I'd, I'd probably take Seattle because they're, they're, they're fans, also known as the 12th man. They're, they're, they're good fans. Um, they can be obnoxious sometimes, but they're not bad. It's a good fan base. But however, again, I just I think Saquon's just gonna be too much for their for their team. I'm going Seattle. I mean that's still a tough road trip. Sure. And and that's still I mean, East Coast to West Coast, tough environment no matter if it's day or night. And Geno Smith is playing decent football. So give me the Seahawks. Next up, we got the Tennessee Titans and the Houston Texans. Titans, a two-point favorite. Pat's taking the Texans. He has lost his mind. I'm going with Titans. Yeah, I am too. I mean, we've talked about it before. Derrick Henry hasn't been King Henry like he has in the past few seasons. I still can't understand why. He's getting old. I understand that. But, I mean, you, you let him run until he until you feel like you shouldn't let him run too much more. Um. I mean, he went from being an MVP caliber player to now people are questioning where would he go? Why is he not? Why is he not playing? If, if you're if you're a casual fan, you're 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 gonna think that. But again, diehard fans like you and I, we know why. Um, and and it obviously shows now because the Titans offensively they look abysmal. Um, but again, it's the Texans, so give me the Titans. Next up, we got the San Francisco 49ers going to Los Angeles to take on the Rams. 49ers, point and a half point favorite. The Pat is taking the Rams. I'm taking the 49ers. 49ers have had the Rams number as of late. Yeah, they have. Um, I mean, the Rams have looked good this season. Uh, the 49ers obviously just making the trade for Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I think that's only going to make their offense better because Garoppolo now has a weapon out of the backfield that he could be comfortable with. Um, and a guy that's going to open up a lot more stuff for guys like Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. So, so give me the Niners on this one. Next up, we have uh, the Sunday night game. Packers at the Bills. The Bills are a whopping 11.5-point favorite. Pat is taking the Packers, I assume, to cover the spread. Again, he has lost his mind. Give me the Bills because... The Packers' offense is not good, uh, and the Packers' defense is not as good as what they we thought they were going to be at the start of the season. That and it's Buffalo in prime time. In Buffalo, <laughs> in Buffalo, boat race, Big boat time. race, Big go time. Bills! That, that I will have that game turned off probably by the end of the first quarter. Oh, and in the Monday night game, we have the Bengals at the Browns. The Bengals are a two and a half point favorite. Pat is taking the Bengals. Look. After what I said earlier with Jamar Chase being out, I think this offense can still be solid, but I don't know. Because you're you're taking away a guy who who is their 
the, the deep threat, the guy who can take the top off the defense. However, on the flip side, the Browns secondary is absolute garbage. And they find ways to lose. They do. The Browns find ways to lose every week. They're like the Jaguars. They like, they're a losing franchise over the years. They find ways to lose. And the quite the matter is, the Browns are going to be so far out of playoff contention when Deshaun comes back. Right. They're, I mean, it. this team stinks. And I like Nick Chubb, and he's the only positive. Well, he, he, but it, it, the rest, I mean, their Bengals are going to, they have a pretty solid defense. They do. They, so, their defense is good. And then I, I completely forgot about this, but looking back at what last week, Tyler Boyd had a boat of a game, man. I'm telling you, he had a great game because he, he was on my bench in one of my fantasy leagues. He got me like 29 points on my bench. So I think the Bengals offense will be fine. Um, and again, just Joe Woods in that defense is just awful in Cleveland. I, it, Cleveland fans are calling for Joe Woods' job every day of the week. And, and I don't blame him. I mean, he, he I, I've watched Browns games. That defense looks awful. It looks bad. Even even with Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney in there, they're not making a ton of noise right now. So, I, I, just the Bengals at two and a half point favorite. I can't understand that. I mean, I kind of do because you look at last season, Cleveland trounced Cincinnati in Cincinnati. But it's not that same Browns. No, it's not. The Browns are terrible. But, Rayson, I know one thing I wanted to make a tradition here was since the playoff rankings are right around the corner about announcing our top four, but I don't think our top four has changed from last week to this week. No. So we're going to go ahead and skip that because I don't want to be monotonous, right? I don't want to waste anybody's time here. But the playoff rankings do come out next week. So we're going to have to – Next Tuesday. So once – next Tuesday. So hopefully we'll record after the rankings are out. That way we can discuss what the committee – puts out in the top 25, see what their trends are going to be this coming season, right. see who their top six is. Well, well, let me ask you this. Do you want to do – because the, the rankings probably won't come out until like 7.45. They're like 7.45, 8 o'clock. They're going to milk those things out. They milk and, and we probably won't know the top four until damn near 9 o'clock. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Do you want to, do you want to record next Thursday? Instead? Next Thursday it is. Next okay. Thursday before Thursday night football. Um, that way we can talk about the rank. Because I'm really curious to see what the committee is going to do. Um, I think – I mean, unless there's any barring upsets, we know where the top six going to be. I was right. just curious what order is going to be. And one of the things I'm curious to see, Rayson, and it's going to hurt Pat's feelings, but what do they do at USC? USC's schedule this year has been really bad, mm-hmm. and the only team they played was Utah, and they lost Utah. They, Utah came back to win that football game. Yep. Um, I'm curious to see what how they view the Pac-12. I think Oregon's probably the best team in that conference. Awesome. Um, I mean, and so – I'm I'm curious to see what's going to happen with that. I'm also curious to see how they view TCU as an undefeated Pac- Big 12, especially if they win this weekend. A lot of things I'm curious about and discuss with you once the rankings come out. But the exciting thing is we don't have that much further to wait. So until then, though, Raceland, that will do it for this episode. And thank you for listening to your favorite football podcast.